Hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Did you know people that listen to the Dynasty Crossroads Show are 20% more likely to be happy? Probably. Maybe. This and other maybe facts on the Dynasty Crossroads. Check this out. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, crow, chicken or crow, crossing the... Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, Dan, Matt, and Ryan, and we are here for episode 556 of the show. Lots to get to today, including some ADP, some rookie ADP, the first rookie ADP, which is an important topic to cover, of course. We got our sleeper stash of the week that we do every week and three more rookies to get to but first let's bring in the guys fellas ryan matt how we doing fellas yeah doing well glad to be back here uh more rookie talk today is uh you know it's, it's that time of year that the entire sure. focus of the dynasty community is on these incoming rookies so that's that's what we're going to talk about today yeah, Matt, you had a chance to watch a handful of these guys in preparation for this. We've we've been kind of cramming, right? And uh, I, I'm wondering, is is rookie fever? Is it is it taking over your body right now? Oh, it has. It's all I want to talk about. And we got to talk about coaches and like uh, I guess you know we got all this other stuff to talk about too. But all I really want to talk about is rookies. Yeah, let's just pile in as much rookie yeah. conversation. We will for the next couple weeks, of course. Then we're going to hit the combine and get all this data just poured all over us, and we're going to have to siphon through that as well. So uh, we, you're right. We do have to talk about a little coaching. We'll mix in some some strategy talk and some commish stuff from time to time as well. But most of our show every single week will remain uh, on that main topic, and that's these rookies. So let's uh, let's fire up the startup, then we'll get to our sleeper, and then we can spend the rest of our time on on all these rookies, really. The startup. Yeah, once again, we're going to dip our toe in this coaching carousel. You know, Matt, the the coaching carousel is slowing down at this point. We're not we're not getting the big news. No more head coaches to be hired, anything like that. But we, we did get some significant news, I would say, in the last week, and that was Eric Bieniemy getting named the offensive coordinator over there in Washington. Of course, he leaves Kansas City, and really the comfort of that Chiefs offense with Andy Reid and Mahomes. But now it feels to me, and, and he's spoken to this a little bit, he, he's stepping outside that Andy Reid shadow. Maybe that has affected his opportunity to get a head coaching gig. If he can do it in Washington with this offense that has been really subpar for five, six, seven years in a row, only one playoff berth in the last six years, it really feels like he, he can take that next step in his career. As a dynasty community, though, we look at Biennemi making this move. Do you see this as a positive for those Washington players or a negative? Oh, it's a it's a positive for sure. For me, anyway, like I, I feel like Biennemi should be a head coach now. I should feel like he should have been a head coach last year, maybe even the year before that. Um, so this gives them the opportunity to actually go in and play calls because that was something that Reed was doing. Um, you know, the quarterback situation is, is certainly a, a gigantic downgrade. We think it's how, but uh, I mean, it's also really hard to see them rolling with how after literally getting in one game last year. Right. So, um, but from a, from a offensive scheme situation, I think this is all, all positive for Washington. I'm excited to see what, what BNME does there. 
I've always loved Ryan how Andy Reid has handled the the Eric Bieniemy potential moving on to be a head coach. He's always showered him with praise and said he deserves to be a head coach. He after the Super Bowl, he gave Bieniemy all the credit for you know really creating those mismatches and creating those opportunities to yeah. score down there in the red zone. So if if Andy Reid is being completely honest with that, Bieniemy is going to take that offense to the next level. And there are some pieces in Washington to be excited about. I imagine these guys are going to get unlocked a little bit. We're going to see Terry McLaurin get more opportunities with the ball in his hands in space. And that's what we've been craving as McLaurin managers. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely, definitely a positive thing for, for Terry McLaurin, for Dotson, uh, for whoever we see at running back, if that's Robinson or, or Gibson, the kind of two-headed monster there. Same thing, whoever we end up seeing at quarterback. I think it's a positive for all of these guys. You look at what Enemy did uh, five years as the offensive coordinator in Kansas City uh, under his uh, under his coaching, uh, five quarterback ones. Of course, that's all Patrick Mahomes. Five tight end one finishes. That's all Travis Kelsey. Uh, throw in one RB one and three wide receiver one finishes in there. And, and obviously this comes down to how much of, how much of that was the enemies doing versus Andy Reed versus the talent of the players. And I mean, that's why we're, you know, that's why we've, we're seeing the enemy leave this, this plum situation. We saw this uh, years ago with, with Marvin Lewis, he was the defensive coordinator for the Ravens for years and years that, uh, one of the best defenses we've ever seen. Couldn't get a head coaching job. Had all these interviews. Ultimately left Baltimore. I think he actually went to Washington to be the defensive coordinator as well. So that's a little ironic there. And and one year later gets the head coaching job in Cincinnati. So I think that's that's the path the enemy is looking for here. I agree with Matt. Should already be uh, a head coach in, in the league. I think I saw that he's interviewed for 15 different teams around the league. That's that's unreal um, that, you know, that y- you go through that much and um, aren't, aren't given a chance. Yeah. Being under Reed, it never really hurt Nagy. He, he got his head coaching job and it was only a couple of years under, under Andy Reed. Uh, right. Doug Peterson was, was a, an assistant under Reed. He got his opportunity, of course, as well. So it's kind of odd that the enemy has, has taken such a long time and, and he's really cut his teeth. I'm rooting for him. I hope he kills it over yeah. there in Washington and proves all those owners wrong. All those NFL owners that, that uh, did interviews with him wrong, that, that he should have been a head coach already. I think he's going to, at the very least, all that trickle down from Andy Reed has, has just soaked into the enemy. And all that knowledge is going to help him become a great play caller, I think, as well. So uh, wishing the best for him. And, and really, as dynasty managers, you got to look at Washington in a little bit different light, at least in the short term, because uh, that offense should take a step forward. And that's something they've needed so desperately uh, with the commanders. Sleeper stash of the week. Yeah, let's look at a sleeper stash of the week where we find a player outside our top 280p that we think should make their way onto your roster. And I had the stash of the week brought to you by Sleeper this week. I'm going to shine a little light on Rashid Shahid, the wide receiver, undrafted guy 
uh, down there in New Orleans. Only a couple of wide receiver two finishes in 12 games this year, but really burst onto the scene, certainly looked explosive in his opportunities. And In fact, he had touchdowns of 44 yards, 53 yards, and 68 yards uh, for the Saints this year. And we all know how dysfunctional that offense really was. They never really had a quarterback in place. The play calling was questionable, I would say, at best. And they 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 really didn't do a very good job of putting their best players in the best position to succeed. Nevertheless, Shahid, uh, he played well over the last five games, especially. Once he got that starting spot, they moved on from Jarvis Landry. Uh, they had injuries throughout that wide receiver core. Averaged four k- catches for 65 yards after becoming the starter in the last five weeks. And I bet you guys didn't know this. He holds the NFL record for highest yards per target in a rookie season. Uh, of course, that stat's only been going on for a few years, but but uh, or a handful, a couple of uh, about fifteen or twenty years. But but that's pretty impressive. Not a lot of targets, but he did well with them. And you know, I guess if the Saints draft a wide receiver high, maybe he gets pushed back down the depth chart, and we got to wait some more, or or he becomes that last guy in the roster that we cut a year from now. But if they don't, we might just have something with Rashid Shahid, the uh, coming off his rookie season wide receiver, the other rookie wide receiver down there in New Orleans this year. So he's the uh, stash of the week brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Download their app, join a new dynasty league or migrate uh, yours to to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. You down with ADP? Yeah, you know me. We're going to get down with ADP every single month here on the DLF Dynasty Podcast, all off-season long, because that ADP, it really, really generates that track for us to to value these players all off-season long. And now we're finally talking about the rookies, Ryan. You, you collect all this ADP. We've all been anticipating these rookies falling into the ADP, and you've been studying it since these drafts have been taking place. I guess I, guess I want to know the general feel for, for how you feel like dynasty managers out there are valuing these rookies right off the bat. Yeah, so I hosted uh, 10 uh, single quarterback rookie mock drafts. We'll have those super flex, uh, that super flex rookie ADP soon for you. But uh, the first mocks are, are one quarterback and, and a few things certainly stood out. We've got those top five names at the, at the top that feel safe, that feel like they have some high upside. We're talking, of course, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, the three wide receivers, Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison and, and Quentin, Quentin Johnston. Uh, after that, guys, it is wide open. I believe, I need to double check this, but I believe those five players are the only ones who were drafted in the first round of all 10 of those mocks, wow. uh, meaning other other players like Zach Charbonnet, uh, Jalen Hyatt, Zach Evans. Those players were falling to the second round in at least some of those mock drafts. Uh, and another thing that stood out, and we'll we'll go name by name here, but the quarterbacks and the tight ends were much higher than I expected, including a couple quarterbacks in the first round. And again, this is single quarterback ADP. Uh, I think part of the reason for that is just the uncertainty that we have with this class right now. Uh, players that we really liked at the running back position, if you play in Devi leagues, guys that have been uh, seemingly very valuable are suddenly maybe not so valuable. Maybe they look more like uh, second round rookie picks, not first rounders. 
and, and that's pushing up those uh, those players that we know are going to get the draft capital, like the quarterbacks and and like these potential first round uh, tight ends. We're going to get a lot of clarity over the next couple of months. Of course, we we got to get through. Uh, the scouting combine and pro days. And we're going to see all these mock drafts, all these people that do so much work to, to develop these mocks. And you know, there's, there's method behind the madness of all that. So this is all going to get clear, but I with you, I'm with you, Ryan, there, there were, there were some eye opening things when, when I started looking at this ADP and I, I didn't get a look at it until we started prepping for this show actually. And, and I actually raised an eyebrow to a couple things. We'll get to it all, but Let's go, let's go through round one, and it starts at the top with those five names. Ryan, you already mentioned those guys. Matt, when you see those five names at the top, you have any problem with the order, first of all, and is there anybody out of place? I don't think so. I, I, I think you can take, after Bijan, you take your favorite, your favorite one. I think for me it is JSN. He's right there at two, but I, I think you can make an argument for Gibbs there. Um, I think you can make it a lot of for all three of those receivers at two, depending on who you like. So I, I don't really have a problem with it at all. Like it's, it seems locked in in whichever order you want after, after Bijan. Brian, I personally, if we had to do a rookie draft today, I would take Jameer Gibbs at sec at number two, because I feel like he's, I feel like I'm confident he's getting that draft capital. I love the player in general and really feel like he could be an impact player day one in the NFL. That might not be the right take, though, because of all we, everything we know about these wide receivers. Do you see movement happening inside of that, that tier of guys between number two and number five? Do you see that those wide receivers taking over for Gibbs as we get closer to the draft because of that longevity and the upside with the position? Or do you feel like J- Gibbs is closer to Robinson than, than maybe any of these wide receivers are? Um, it's honestly, it is, it is so wide open and uncertain right now. I I do think we could see at least one of the wide receivers fall, but, uh, you talk about those three top receivers, uh, you see them showing up in a lot of first round NFL mock drafts. I don't think it's a lock that all three of those guys are first rounders. So if, if it comes down to it and, uh, you know, Gibbs is a second rounder and Quentin Johnston potentially is the second rounder as well in the NFL draft then yeah, I think we probably would have to lean with the running back there in rookie drafts. So uh, Gibbs is three here. It kind of feels like he won't get much lower than three in rookie drafts. Uh, of course, that's that's a little dangerous to say this far out. Yeah, when we're this far out, there's been so many names and we don't we don't have to mention them all. The the people, the players that are are in the first round of the first ADP and we expect to be high picks in the NFL draft, they slide in the NFL draft and we look back on that ADP months later and think to ourselves, what were we thinking? Uh hopefully none of these five names are one of those. Um we'll we'll see how that plays out, but let's move on to number 6 and that's where we see that first quarterback. And it is Bryce Young, Matt. He comes in at six in this ADP with the, with an overall ADP of 8.5. So so he's going anywhere from, from right in this range all the way down to the bottom of the first round, I would imagine. Are you comfortable with Bryce Young's ADP being this high at this point in single quarterback? I don't think so. I think the rankers have it right on this one versus the drafters. The rankers have him at 17 outside of the first round. Uh, and I know there's uncertainty here. Like when Ryan was saying that, I was thinking the exact same thing when I first saw this. I think it's the uncertainty of these other 
other position players and the certainty that Bryce Young is going to get high draft capital. Let's push them up there uh, as the kind of like a safe kind of pick there right after those top five. So I personally am not taking, I'm still not taking one of these two quarterbacks in the first round. I think there's plenty of exciting skill position that running back and wide receiver that uh, there's enough of them that the quarterbacks get pushed out. At number nine down there, a few spots from where we're at now is C.J. Stroud, Ryan. So we see both of these quarterbacks in the top nine. How do you feel about that in general? I agree with Matt. Uh, too high. I, I get it. it. You know, if our speculation is is the real reason for these players going high so highly that, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if Jalen Hyatt or, or Zach Evans is going to get that that draft capital that they might need to really have this value – but I know Bryce Young will. I know C.J. Stroud will. Uh, I, I get that this early, but um, ultimately, I, I think we're going to see those guys more as uh, early to mid second rounders, not first rounders in that in that one quarterback format. Yeah, single quarterback. It, it's really it's it is really early, and there's a lot of information that still hasn't come out to all of us. But that was the main takeaway from this ADP for me. These quarterbacks are too high. Meanwhile, there are some players that you could consider potentially uh, outside of the quarterback position going too high as well. And one of those guys comes in at number eight overall. It's Jalen Hyatt. Now, our rankers have him at 14. He comes in in this ADP, Ryan, all the way up there at eight. So this, this seems like a big tier of players that really, like Matt said earlier with those top guys, you take your favorite guy and maybe maybe our the people that were – that were in these mock drafts, that there's just a lot of Hyatt fans potentially. But this seemed a tad high for me. Uh, I love Jalen Hyatt, and I, I love his upside. In fact, in fact, I think I have him ranked right around here. I was just surprised to see him this high, considering the buzz surrounding him and, and dynasty rankers in general, mainly putting him around that fringe round one range. Yeah, this is one where I agree more with the uh, more with the mock drafters than I do our current rankers. Actually, um, I have Hyatt in this range as well. We've heard some news from, or not news, I guess, but we've heard some analysis over the past week or so uh, with with projections having him as the top wide receiver drafted uh, ahead of Smith and Jigba and Addison and Johnston. Um, so obviously, if that plays out, he would get a value bump, and and I think it's just that attention. Uh, to his game where he he entered the season you know kind of as a relative unknown um, on that on that Tennessee volunteer offense and and had the huge season I think he's just continuing to rise throughout this early part of the offseason for the record I did kind of glance over Zach Charbonnet he came in at seven overall we're going to get to him as one of our rookies we're focused on here shortly so we'll move on after Stroud at nine Matt we see, we see one more wide receiver. It's Zay Flowers, who, who comes in at 10 here. Seems legit. He, he certainly could get that kind of capital later on in the season. The Boston College wide receiver is a little bit of an unknown to a lot of dynasty managers. I spent a lot of time on him, though, and I feel like he's a top five or six receiver in this class. I certainly would love to see him available to me if I was picking at 10 in a rookie draft right now. Your thoughts on Flowers there at 10? Yeah, I, I've only watched a little bit of Flowers, so I certainly have still more work to do. But from what I have seen and what I have seen from Hyatt, I actually prefer him to Hyatt. Uh, okay. I mean, we're not talking about either of these guys right now, but I think this is an appropriate range for him. 
Um, there is another receiver that's a little bit farther down that we'll talk about in a minute that I would have over both of them still. Um, but I, I think he's fine in this range. I expect him to go in this mid to late first round uh, when all things are said and done. Oh, Matt Price laying down teasers <laughs> for later in the show. Well done. <laughs> Anything to add there, Ryan? Yeah, well, I just talked about how um, how varied the picks are here. Um, again, looking digging into the actual picks that were made. Hyatt went as high as seven, as low as 17. Zay Flowers oh my goodness. That is, a, yeah. that is a travesty. <laughs> 17? Oh my goodness. Zay Flowers went as high as six uh, overall, as also as low as 17. Um, and, and really, we can say the same thing about most of the rest of the players we're talking about almost, almost every single name that we'll talk about in this, it, we'll see if we get to the top 24, almost everybody went in the first round at least once. Uh, and, and uh, they obviously fell to the second round or even later very often as well. The next couple names on the list coming in at 11 and 12, we got a couple of running backs. It's Zach Evans, who, who I imagine is going pretty high in some of these mock drafts, but apparently is falling pretty far as well. There, there's buzz about him being the third or maybe even fourth rookie running back taken in the NFL draft. Um, I was a little surprised that he he fell this far, Ryan. Uh, lay the lay the low and the high for Zach Evans uh, in these mock drafts because that's an interesting number, I'd imagine. Yeah, with that ADP of uh, uh, placing him 11th overall in the first round. At DLF, we have him ranked sixth overall in mm-hmm. our rookie rankings, in those one quarterback rookie rankings. That's his, that was his peak. Sixth was the highest he got. Uh, you look down at, uh, at some of the others. He fell to the second round in most of the mock drafts and fell all the way to 22nd overall in one of them. Um, so I think, again, it's that concern that these running backs are going to fall to day three. You know, that, that scare of they're going to be a fourth round uh, NFL draft pick, and it could be Evans. It could be, um, you know, some of the, some of the names that we'll talk about here uh, that showed up in the second round as well. I, th- I think that's the fear right now. The next name is Devin Achain, the uh, the running back from um, Texas A&M. A&M. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, totally slipped my mind there. He comes in at twelve, Matt, and and he's he's a name that I, I'm looking forward to talking about in our rookie report card series, because uh, dynasty managers are going to be all over the place on him. How do you, what's your gut feeling about him being 12 in our eight, earliest ADP among rookies? I'd rather have him than Zach Evans. So okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Right. I'm okay. With it. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm okay with it. I think he's right there on the fringe of the, of the first round. I think you could push up a couple of other guys that we haven't gotten to yet ahead of them at both wide receiver and running back. Um, but I like him here at the end of the first, and I would definitely take him over Evans. Hmm. I I have Evans above him, but I, I actually have him closer to the middle of the second round in my rankings right now. Um, he's the one that I'm really f- afraid of, Ryan, that draft capital potentially not coming through, and and maybe dynasty managers might like him a lot more than NFL GMs would, and potentially that 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 turns into a situation where he loses a whole bunch of value on draft day. If I was a if I was a Debbie manager right now and I had a chain on my roster, I would think about moving him based on these numbers personally. 
I'm kind of on the other end of it actually right now. And, and we're, you know, we're really just speculating what might happen here in a couple months uh, because right. that draft capital and that landing spot does impact so much, especially when we have these big tiers, but because, because he's more of a, um, a specialty role type type player, he's not going to be that every down back. We know that. I think he might get the he might get the surprising day two draft draft capital. I think he could even be the third running back drafted uh, in the NFL draft, and and that's what's going to help uh, boost or or maintain his value if that's the case. Certainly uh, could happen. Um, uh, maybe I should spend a little bit more time on him, but he's one of those guys that I every time I I watch him, I think to myself. I think that's a fourth or fifth round running back and that doesn't translate to a first down or first round uh, rookie capital in dynasty. Let's move on to round two and try to get through these guys as well. Cause there's a name at the top, Matt, that I, I imagine might be the one you were, you were uh, alluding to earlier. It, it's, it's that guy that we thought might be Top of the top of the class type wide receiver from LSU, um, late entry to the draft class, Keishon Butte. He comes in at thirteen. Our our DLF ranking is eleven, so that's that, that's pretty pretty yeah. similar. You know, what, how do you feel about him being thirteen overall? I feel fine about I guess where he's at. I would personally have him still in the first round. Um, I guess it's to me, it's where he is compared to some of the other receivers. Like I would prefer him to, um, where are we at here? I would prefer him, I think, to a little bit to Flowers and and maybe even Hyatt, to be honest with you, just strictly from from what I've seen on film. Remember, I don't I do not watch college football uh, in the season. And I know he had this checkered past, uh, at least of his final season there. He's had these things about, he's a little bit of a diva, all this kind of stuff off of the field. I just know from what I have seen from watching him that I feel like he belongs in the, at the end of the first round there. So I think this is fine. Um, I think it's kind of a hedge between where people think of him, uh, and where we have him ranked, I guess. Yeah. I mean, to me, it just feels like, the George Pickens conversation all over again Yeah, because Pickens yeah. had, I was going to say Pickens, the same thing. Yeah. We, we knew Pickens had the talent. He came in, uh, tore it up as a freshman at Georgia. Butte did the same thing at LSU his freshman year, uh, and then dealt with injuries really for the rest of his college career. Actually, they both did. Um, they end their career with, with, uh, some, some rumors of off field stuff that's happening. That happened with Pickens. Uh, it is happening now with with Keishon Butte. Um, I mean, to me, Butte would be very lucky to follow that that Pickens path and and get the day two draft capital and end up in a nice landing spot. Uh, I'm I'm not willing to bet on that right now, so I would take uh, I would take Hyatt and, and Flowers over him right now. Yeah, I absolutely would as well. In fact, even if even if Hyatt and Fl- Hyatt's going to go in front of Butte in the draft. Oh, for sure. He's oh, yeah. absolutely going to, he's going to get the draft capital over Butte. And I, I don't know if that is more about what is happening off the field or on the field. And we have plenty of time to speculate those, those types of things. Butte is not a, a crisp, uh, ready to go stud player the day he steps on the field. And I think some dynasty managers have this assumption that he is polished and ready to go. And, and that's just not the case with him. I think just based just based on his on-the-field play, he's a fringe first-round NFL wide receiver. 
it's not like he would be a top 10 pick or anything like that if there was nothing mm-hmm. off the field. There, there are warts to his game and things he's going to have to overcome at the next level. So I, I think dynasty managers need to stop thinking about him as, oh, another LSU receiver that could take over the league. He's a different kind of animal. Uh, absolutely. I, go ahead, Ryan. I, I think he's closer to being a day three NFL draft pick oh, than, day, than day one. Oh, I hope that's not the case. I I, I see a second round receiver um, based on his NFL or based on his college film. Um, if 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 he gets pushed to day three, I imagine that has a lot to do with what's happening off the field. That's the, I feel like that's the only thing we can say about him right now. I agree, he's not a polished polished product, uh, but is he the best yak receiver in this draft? I think he, he I think you could make it uh, make an argument for that. He's also very. Very nice vertical thread as well. So I think and I think NFL teams are going to like him as long as it isn't this off the field stuff isn't isn't too bad. And I, again, I haven't really dug into that at all. So yeah, I mean he's you know he's a, that vertical threat and he can move around the formation. He's good in the slot as well as on the perimeter. So there's things to like about him for sure. Let's keep moving. After number thirteen overall, we get to number fourteen. Another running back. It's Sean Tucker. Ryan, your thoughts on him landing here early in the second round? I think he's just in the same group as, as Evans and and uh, at least one more of these backs will talk about that there's uncertainty about where he's going to be drafted. And that's uh, that's scaring dynasty managers off right now. Uh, his draft uh, draft capital or actual draft positions, again, all over the place, as high as six overall, as low as 23 overall. So we just don't know what to do with this guy right now. And he's one of those guys you were alluding to earlier where the Debbie community had high hopes for this guy. Now, as we inch closer to the draft, we start to question if he's going to get the draft capital. Matt, we've, we haven't gotten to Sean Tucker yet in our, our rookie profile series, but he's, there are things to like about him for sure. He's certainly a guy that's going to get his opportunity at the next level but I'm, I'm with these dynasty managers. I have him ranked at 14, and that's where he comes in right now. And I'm, I question if he should move up or down from that spot. I feel like he's in a good spot. Uh, I agree with, with, with Ryan. He's in this kind of same tier with Evans and, and uh, A-Chain and some other guys. Again, it's just this, this, this do you want the, the, the fast, quick change of pace kind of receiving back? Like, like a chain or a guy we're going to talk about in our rookie profiles later, or do you want uh, you know, a big kind of tank like, like Zach Evans, you know, like it's just, and, and Tucker, I think offers a little bit of, of both of that. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's fine. I, I, I have no problem. <laughs> I have no problem with, it. I feel like that's a really boring take, but it seems like a fine place for Sean Tucker to be right in the middle of all those backs. Clearly. I, mean, I agree. You- I, I have him ranked at 14. I'm surprised you kind of like him because he's not that polished patch catcher that's going to make plays in the passing game. Uh, Usually you push those guys down. You must really like him um, as a potential lead back then early down back. Well, I don't have him right here. I have a couple of these other guys down the board ahead of him strictly because of that pass catching. But again, I just think it's all so close. It's just like you can see all of these guys making an impact at the next level, given the opportunity. So I think we're going to have to wait for draft situation and capital to kind of sort that stuff out uh, at a more granular level, you know? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the to the combine 
with uh, Sean Tucker as well. Let's see, yeah. let's see how this guy runs and, and let's see if he's as quick as some people are hoping he's going to be the next name on the list coming in at 15 overall. It's a travesty. Honestly, it's Michael Mayer. He's the first tight end, but 15 overall. Holy cow. I, I expected to see his name around 10 or so Ryan. I I'm, I'm sure he went as high as, as the late first in some of these mocks. It really feels like these numbers indicate the dynasty community has been burned too much by these tight ends to invest of them, particularly this early in the process. Yeah, I think, I think that's a lot of what it is. Um, Mayer went as a first rounder in four of our 10 mock drafts. He went as high as eight, as low as, uh, as low as 20. So uh, his gap is, even though that's a, a full round worth of picks, his gap is actually not as large as some of the other players in this uh, in this draft. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. I, I called him a safe prospect, one of the safest in the drafts. And, you know, that's kind of what it feels like. It kind of feels like he maybe lacks the upside, certainly, of a guy like, uh, like Kyle Pitts, obviously, but um, lacks the upside of some of the other uh, position players here in this range. The next guy on the list is Josh Downs, the wide receiver from UNC. Uh, he's he's a special athlete and a guy that can get down the field. He, he's fun to watch. And if you are are the guy in your fantasy league that has been uh, just collecting fantasy points because of like Tyler Lockett or those that type of player that's been kind of underappreciated in the dynasty community, you're gonna love Josh Downs because he he's that kind of player with that kind of speed. He comes in here in the second round, and this seems like a boom bust type type opportunity for dynasty players. Matt Josh Downs could be a big time player and give you those like like weak winning type performances on the field to get that this far down uh, in in rookie rookie drafts. I know it's early, but this feels like a nice place to get Josh Downs. Oh, I, I love it. I love I love the player. I think this is a value. If he ends up in this spot, I think he should be closer to the you know the top of the, of the second round, if not at the very end of the first round. To be honest, he's my uh, current wide receiver. I think five or six. I can't remember. I don't have it right in front of me. Um, but right now, so I I think he belongs up there. He's like a you're getting. He's like a like a discount uh, Jordan Addison kind of. If you want to think about mm. that way, you're getting that that a dynamic slot receiver who's fantastic in space. Uh, and he runs incredible routes. So I, I think this is a value. And he's fast. He's he's and, and he's a burner on top of it. So like we all we all were so concerned about Jahan Dotson last year. He's a similar type player. He's he's that kind of kind of speed guy. He's a little bit smaller. He can he can move around the formation. He's gonna get pushed around a little bit by physical corners, but he's 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 good. And I think he's a first round talent in the in the in the rookie in a rookie draft he probably isn't going to go in the nfl's first round but he'll be one of those guys that his name's called in round two and dynasty managers suddenly say oh gosh that that's a good landing spot he's going to be a first round pick in rookie drafts i wouldn't be surprised if that happens let's get through a few more of these names we'll lump some of them together the next two running backs that we see come here at uh uh, 17 and 19 overall. It's Tank Bigsby and Kendra Miller. These guys, Ryan, they're they're in this tier of running backs that we we have a lot to figure out with these guys. Probably can could see them going in the first round in rookie drafts. Could certainly see them falling below this if things don't work out for them well on draft day. Your thoughts on this pair of running backs? 
Yeah, Bigsby is the he's the third guy that I I've referenced when talking about Evans and Tucker. Those those are those three uh three players who were very highly valued Devi assets if you're in those leagues or if you're uh trying to project the draft from a couple of years out, those names were certainly on your radar. All three had disappointing seasons this past year uh based on expectations at least and and Bigsby really seems to be the one who took the worst of it. Um, here he is at, uh, at at 17 overall. We have him ranked at DLF at 16 overall, so we're kind of in lockstep with the mock drafters here. Um, he, he's a he's just another player that we're worried about falling potentially to day three, and that really is going to tell the story of, of their value. I, I feel like a broken record here, but so many of those running backs are in the same position. I have him ranked at 18 and I'm not comfortable with him all that comfortable with him at that spot right now. See, I think he really has to impress uh, in the combine, get good draft capital to move up beyond the, the middle of the second round. Anthony Richardson was 18 overall. And this has to be too many dynasty managers that aren't familiar enough with the rest of the class in a single quarterback league to see Anthony Richards name in the second round anywhere. is surprising to me to see him, in the middle of the second round, that's too high. Uh, the next name that we need to talk about, it's Dalton Kincaid, the tight end that we talked about a week ago, Matt. You love this guy. I imagine you like seeing his name mid to late second round. Is this the type of draft uh, draft draft spot you want to take a guy like this? Yeah, I think mid, mid-second mid is perfect. If you get him later than that, I think you're, uh, you're doing really well. Uh, I mean, I, I, we talked about him already, but athletic tight end is going to catch a ton of balls depending on landing spot and draft capital and all that kind of stuff. But I think the NFL is going to like him, uh, and we're going to like him in this range. I certainly prefer him, like you mentioned, over Anthony Richardson and uh, both of those running backs, I think, too, uh, potentially. Tajay Spears is the next name worth talking about here. He comes in at the ninth pick in the second round, right in front of Rashawn Johnson, another running back, Ryan. I've thrown you a lot of these running backs because you you talk about how the, the draft capital is going to tell the story, and, and really the combine is the beginning of that. These guys, Tajay Spears started off strong in this offseason with, with a strong mm-hmm. senior bowl. He could roll that into a good combine and suddenly belong here. I'm not quite so sure he belongs in the second round of rookie drafts, though. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. These these two um, are, are a different story than uh, than Kendra Miller, than than Bigsby, than the others we've we've talked about because they're uh, and honestly, Miller not fair to lump him in necessarily. He's dealing with that injury that's yeah. that's hurting his value, but. Um, Johnson and, and Spears are gaining value and, and moving up the board while, while some of these names that we've known for the past couple of years are moving down. So um, yeah, I, I get it. I get both of these guys showing up in uh, in this round and uh, because Spears kind of showed out at the senior bowl, as you mentioned, because uh, Roshan Johnson getting out of, uh, out of the shadow of Bijan uh, now that, that we're, we're ready to move to this next step. I think this is about right for these two players. Okay. Next up is uh, Rashi Rice, uh, one of the favorites of mine. And I think he's closer to a fringe first round pick than a fringe second round pick in dynasty right now, Matt, you're, you're a little lukewarm on rice and his upside. Do you think this is about right for him? 
I think this is probably, I mean, it's just so hard. You only have so many draft spots, right? I, I would, I would prefer to take him in the mid second over some of these guys, I think uh, over some of these running backs and, and certainly uh, uh, Richardson as well. So um, I mean, I, I could even see him to take, taking him over both tight ends. So I think you can get him closer to the early, early to mid round than the late uh, second here. So I, I think, I do think this is a little bit low. I have him right next to Kayshawn Butte in my rankings. So sure. that, that tells me there's a nice value right here with Rashi Rice. I hope he holds on to that late second round value because I'll scoop him up everywhere. Matt, Ryan, Will Levis, uh, he's, he's behind Anthony Richardson in this ADP. What in the heck is wrong with people? Coming in at 24, I'm fine with that overall. That, that seems, seems all right. I'd take a handful of these other tight ends, receivers, and running backs ahead of him. Uh, make your case for Levis staying in the second round. Yeah, I don't think I can. Uh, looking at, oh, okay. looking at looking at some of <laughs> the names fine, behind man. him. Well, I mean, uh, the one quarterback format. Uh, yeah. For the record, I yeah. Where's Cedric I, Tillman's name? We have to have yeah. Cedric Tillman's name in yeah, front of him. We didn't seriously. get to Kenny McIntosh. We uh, there seems to be another one I thought of. Yeah. Um, sev- several of the names uh, below Levis. So this gets into the third round. Uh, Izzy Abanacanda, we've already talked yep. about. Yep. I would prefer him. Marvin Mims, we've not mentioned yet. I like him. McIntosh, we've talked about. Uh, Tank Dell, uh, Cedric Tillman down there towards the end of round three. Uh, yeah, I would I would push Will Levis and Anthony Richardson uh, down uh, to the third round in that one quarterback format. Speaking of the third round, we don't have time to cover it. So if you want all that information, you're going to have to get that DLF sub and uh, go check it out when it hits the site. It's time for the Rookie Report. Yeah, we thought we were going to leave ourselves plenty of time to get to this Rookie Report, and we're going to we're gonna squeeze them all in again, and it starts at the top this week, Ryan, with Quentin Johnston. He is, he's a good player and he's going to get the draft capital. And if you spend any time watching him, it's going to be pretty easy to fall in love with his skill set. And I think very quickly, it's going to translate to the next level. And we got ourselves a player right here. Quentin Johnston is, is one of the locks for the top half of the first round in rookie drafts and dynasty managers everywhere are going to fall in love with this guy, I think. Yeah, I think so. We we mentioned those three wide receivers, uh, Jordan Addison, uh, JSN, uh, both of those guys we've, we've already mentioned and, and talked about here in this segment over the past few weeks. So Johnston is the third guy and he is, you know, if you go back eight, nine, 10 years, almost the dynasty community was in love with those big, strong size speed freaks. That's what we wanted as our top wide receivers. You know, I think I always think of Mike Evans, Dan, I know you, I know you love Mike Evans. Uh, he's, he's a, uh, but he's that, that beast of a wide receiver. And Johnston is the one in this class that's closest to that uh, old school prototypical wide receiver one type uh, type player. Uh, Addison certainly isn't JSN is not. So I think, uh, I think a lot of dynasty managers are going to, kind of side with Johnston and and that freak upside that he has. Yeah, if you if you liked Drake London, Matt, you're probably going to like Quentin uh Johnston because he's got that that big body and he can go up over smaller defenders and make plays in the red zone and down the field. When you when you combine that with that explosiveness, that, that raw downfield speed, 
to get over the top and make plays after the catch as well. He his his upside makes you feel like he's the guy I want on my dynasty team because he could be a wide receiver one on my roster. Yeah, the 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 ceiling is tantalizing, no doubt. But I do kind of For feel sure. a little. I do feel like the floor is could be close to lava. Um, I got okay. I, I All right. Bad. I have some bad bad vibes on him. I don't want to say the name. I'll just say it. Kevin White vibes I get from him. Another oh boy! Receiver six three two fifteen ran a four three five at the combine. Um, so I just the things that I really like. Obviously the speed, ability to get consistently behind the defenses, and he has this incredible spin move that he does in the opposite direction, kind of of uh, the way the route's going. Uh, that it, it, he makes the defender miss almost every time, and it, then it's just off to the races and is able to get up to speed quickly. But he played for a six six three six four receiver. He plays, he does not play like that. He gets beat on contested catches all of the time. Uh, 38% contested catch rate, even against smaller cornerbacks. I feel like he gets beat in hand fighting all the time. Uh, there's a play against Kansas, Kansas State, I think, in the in the in the end zone, uh, where he just it's just kind of lazy. He lets the defender like jump the route and get the interception in the end zone. It's just so those kind of things scare me a little bit. Uh, that spin move that, that I like so much, it, I think it causes like some concentration drops too. Like he's planting that foot, uh, that opposite foot, uh, preparing for that move before the ball gets there. And sometimes that has him get the ball into his body, bounce off. Uh, so does the drops and the ball security, I think are an issue. And so is the effort and the ability to, to, to play, uh, physically at his size, which to me is a little bit concerning, but you can't deny the speed, uh, and the size that he has. Like if, if that translates, then the ceiling is, is through the roof. But he showed a, enough spurts of that athleticism at the catch point that makes you think he could turn that on. He could take the next step and really unlock his his complete upside and become that dynamic uh, downfield presence along with that 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 guy in the red zone that uh, demands the football, right? Because um, he's so much bigger than anybody around him. I wonder what draft capital is going to do, Ryan, when it comes to Johnston, because we're all expecting him to be to be a first round NFL draft pick. Most likely there are there are some people that that are concerned he could slide into the second round. Personally, I don't see that happening because of the upside. I'm I'm with Matt. There is there is a drawback as far as his floor there. He could have a relatively low floor if everything doesn't come together like it like it really did with that TCU offense, right? They they really took him to the next level in his final season down there with the Horn Frogs. Um, as far as the an NFL GM might be thinking right now, what are what are they thinking when it comes to Johnston? Yeah, it does look like he's probably getting that first round draft capital based on uh, the mock draft data that's out there. Um, you know, I think back to our conversation last week about Jackson Smith and Jigbun. Uh, ultimately, I, I kind of summarize that by saying he just knows how to play the wide receiver position. He knows what to do um, at, to to get the the most out of his body and 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 to do what he needs to do. I would say the opposite with Johnston. It's like he he has this upside and and uh, you know he's got the frame, he's got the size, he's got the speed. He doesn't quite know what to do with it. So I I see what Matt's saying there. Uh, back to the mock drafts. Again, most of the ones that I've looked at and I track do have him as a first round pick, but it's in that later third. 
Uh, actually, Mel Kuyper, Matt Miller, both of ESPN, along with Lance Zerline of NFL.com, all three project um, Quentin Johnston 22nd overall to Baltimore in their most recent mock draft. Uh, Dane Brugler had him 25 to the Giants. And our buddy Danny Kelly from The Ringer has uh, Johnston going 26 to the Cowboys. So falling in the first round, but certainly the second half of the first round, right? And yeah. and we've seen plenty of guys uh, explode from that from that kind of draft capital. Certainly some guys that busted with that kind of capital as well. Some of those landing spots make you cringe just a little bit. Um, we'd like to see him land with a quarterback that's accurate and can get him the football. Um, that that might not necessarily be the case with a couple of those landing spots. Yeah. You talked about some of the negatives. Matt, some of the things that give you concern, give you pause. As far as your rookie rankings go with uh, with Quentin Johnston, do you do you have him in the same tier as those top-end guys? Are, are, are you questioning whether he should be mentioned along with JSN uh, and Jordan Addison? Yeah, he's below those guys and Gibbs for me. I think he is he is five uh, like with a bullet right now. Um, but I, I think he's a like he, I think he's well below Addison and Gibbs. Uh, so Addison Gibbs and, and Jigba for me, like he's definitely a tier below those guys for me. Dan, I want him to play. If he played with the physicality that your boy Rashi Rice did, we would have something. Yeah, yeah, like, you'd really have something. Have a guy that big, you know? Right. It, or if Rashi Rice just had that four three speed that we're probably <laughs> right. going to see right. from Quentin Johnston, right? Uh, but it, it's just not. Uh, it doesn't all come together like that. I think Johnston can unlock that elite type upside so. and. I see the alpha receiver inside there. I hope he lands in the spot that can that can create that for him. Uh, let's move on to our next rookie. It's uh, it's Zach Charbonnet, guys. And Matt, you were doing some work on Charbonnet over the last week, and Ryan and I got a text from you, and it was a massive smiley face emoji. You love Charbonnet. What do you love most about him? I do. It's just the the combination of size uh, uh, and and strength and power, and he can catch the ball. He's like he, he's not the same kind of player as um, uh, crap. Uh, Patriots back. Why am I can't I why can't I think of his name right now? Ramondre. Ramondre Stevenson. He's a big power yeah. back that can catch the ball, and that's what he's got shades of for me. I think I've seen people comp him to Demarco Murray, if you remember from way back with the Cowboys and the Titans, and I think that's I, I, I you watch him and you kind of see Demarco Murray. They're the same exact size, six one two twenty. They both caught the ball well and ran north south with strength and power. Uh, he's obviously the, the the lateral agility can be a little bit lacking at times, but if you get him in a gap scheme where he just has to plant that foot and go I think he's going to be incredible and then at speed in the second and third levels he has he doesn't have like a wiggle so to speak but he has these stutter steps uh and it's like kind of subtle subtle steps subtle cuts that he does to make defenders miss in the open field um and like I, like him in a screen game I just I think that is going to be fantastic so uh get him in a screen an offense a heavy screen offense and just let him let him bully people uh, so I, I love him. I absolutely love him as my running back three in this class. Um, so yeah, he, he's, he's leg, leg strength, like the strongest lower body of a running back in the last few years, right? Yeah. Guys just bounce yeah. off of him and he has the balance to go with it. So yeah. when you, yeah. when you put that, that all in a, between the tackles runner that can pound you for four quarters, and then you add that, that, that vision to be able to make the cutback and enough speed to make you think, 
holy cow, he could pull away from even NFL linebackers and and they're we'll see. We'll see if the speed is there because he did it in college and he and he did it, you know, in the Pac-12. Let's see if let's see if he as long as he doesn't come in with like that four, six, seven, uh, 40 time. And we start worrying about if he's got enough speed to get the edge at the next level, he needs that as a compliment to what he does between the tackles. And you mentioned him in the screen game. That seems like something that could be a strength of him, but if he doesn't have a, that, that speed to, to mix in, in the open field and, and make big plays, I question if an NFL coaching staff will give him that, those opportunities. It's weird to say because we always say, let's not overvalue that 40-yard dash. But he needs to show well at the combine for me to move him any higher in my rankings. There's some there's some buzz about him being the third rookie or excuse me, third running back taken in the NFL draft, potentially even as maybe a high second round pick, Ryan. And if that happens, he's gonna shoot up up dynasty rankings. Personally, I have him at the at the end of the first round in single quarterback, and I'm comfortable with him there. If he runs in, in the 4-5 range, he will move up, though, for sure. I was just going to say, what do you need to see from him? Because I think he's almost a lock for somewhere in the in the mid-4-5s, and, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him run towards the low 4-5s. If he hits 4-4-9, it, the, the hype it's train's going to be real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it's going to be unreal, and that could happen because you, when you watch him on the field, he he looks fast. He looks, but everybody says he that that speed's going to be a concern. Let's see what he does. I, I want to give him a chance before moving him up. How high do you rank him, Matt? Do you do you think he's a locked in first round pick in rookie drafts, or are you do you have the same type of concerns and and put him closer to the end of the first round? No, he's locked in locked in number six for me right now. Uh, oh, I love it. If he, okay, and, and, I like it he, that you're taking a stance on him for sure. Yeah, and it, and if he runs that four four nine, like you mentioned, I could see myself putting him. You know, it, it all depends on so many different things, but I could see a scenario where I would have him as five above Johnson too. I, you know, we we usually get to negatives, and I, I got to mention this to Matt. Did you watch the USC game? The when he got yeah. blown up because he, he yeah. kind of runs high. He, you yeah, know, he has that sure. that high stri- long stride and that high. Um, that high running style, and he got destroyed a, a couple times against USC, and that gives me a little bit of pause too. But we're kind of nitpicking when when we're picking that as the negative. Um, I think it's the speed, the overall breakaway speed, because he did it in college. Um, we'll see what he does at the next level. As far as the draft capital, Ryan, do you see him going in the second round? If he gets that second round draft capital, what are what are those out there that put together these mocks? What are those guys saying? Well, he's he's not showing up in the first round of any of any of these mock drafts yet. Um, I, I shouldn't say yet. I, I don't think he will show up in the first round. But the closer we get, the more clarity we we'll, we get. We'll get some uh, some day two mocks from from these experts, and we'll start seeing him. I do expect him to be a day two pick, uh, a round two pick. I expect him to be. Um, it's certainly in contention to be that third running back off the board. And I think he should be the third running back in rookie drafts as well. Uh, Dan, you mentioned he did it in the PAC 12. Um, I know we're, we're talking about very different play styles, but he also did it in the big 10 as well. Of course he starts as uh, starts at Michigan as one of the top recruits in his class, over 700 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns as a freshman. Then that COVID year was, was, uh, 
kind of a disaster for, for him. The numbers took a big hit, didn't play very many games, but really what stands out for me. And, and again, I know the offenses in the PAC 12 are, are a, totally, totally different than the big 10, but you really saw him make an impact as a receiver. Uh, only caught, um, only caught 14 balls in two years at Michigan in uh, two seasons for UCLA, 61 catches, over 500 receiving yards. And that's really what I think has boosted his fantasy and his dynasty stock is just seeing that he can have that as part of his game. Yeah, that when you see that big back that's got hands and can make plays on the perimeter to along with between the tackles, it's easy to get excited. Matt isn't the only one with googly eyes when, when watching watching Zach Charbonnet. There's a lot of people in the community that are excited about his upside. Speaking of exciting upsides, Ty J Spears, the last guy we need to talk talk about here. We only got a few minutes, Matt, but he blew up the my timeline when he was uh, down there in Mobile yeah. for the Senior Bowl. I had to watch this guy. And I honestly the hype the hype was real and and he's he's a good player and he's fun to watch and he certainly has a role at the next level. How big that role, though, might be, I question that. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking about size with a lot of these guys, 5'10", 195, and, you know, maybe that, that might even be high. I can't remember. I think that's what he weighed in at the Senior Bowl. But I thought of all the players that I watched, all the running backs for sure that I watched the Senior Bowl, he was the best one. You know, he's got he's got everything you want from a from a from a kind of a quick small back speed, agility, quickness, change of direction, cutting ability. I think his vision is really good, too. And and for his size, like he runs so tough, like he does not shy away from those big, big, big hits. He he he, he plays he plays way bigger than his size. If, if Quentin Johnston played as big as Tajay Spears played, <laughs> then again, we would have something there. So uh, I think the combine is going to be important uh, for, especially for medicals. He had that torn ACL. So we like to see that get cleared and everything, but he's a big play, big play player who is, I think the NFL teams are going to like, it's just, again, it's going to be a volume thing for him. Is he going to get enough volume to be relevant for fantasy? Do you think some of the, some of the hype we've heard on him over the past two or three weeks is due to the senior ball talent being some of the worst we've seen in years on the offensive side. I, could be, I thought about I mean, that. Go ahead. Now. No, I was just saying I could, it could be, but like no matter what, you can't take away that, that ability that he has, that explosive athleticism that he has. So I think it could be, we just propped him up a little bit because he was the most exciting one there, but I don't think you can take away what he does because of that. Yeah, you know, the first time I watched him, I watched the two games that I that I had time for, and I thought of a running back that I loved immediately. It was Javid Best. Mm. You remember him? He, he didn't last very long. I think he had a bad injury. He went. He was a second round draft pick, I think, to the Lions, and he was supposed to be the next big thing. And of course, he had the injury. Those types of players, they seem sometimes, Matt, like they're a dime a dozen. We get a lot of these super athletes, and they're a little undersized. And very, it's very seldom that one of these guys turn into a, a full-time player or a guy that we can even play as a flex in our, dyna- in our fantasy lineups, at least consistently. Although these guys, when they get the chance and get that two- and three-week w- three window, they can put up big numbers and carry us for a stretch of our fantasy season. I just don't see him uh, getting that 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 opportunity to be to get a big enough role 
that that we can plug him into our lineups consistently. Instead, I see him as that sporadic player that is used on gadget plays or as a change of pace, and that doesn't translate to enough fantasy points for us to to really uh, use him consistently. Yeah, you know, if he was 10 pounds heavier, we would be – you know, he would be in the the size comparison of a guy like Christian McCaffrey, but those guys are are rare. Like he, if he can, add, can, I don't know, can he add five to 10 pounds? I'm sure he can at the NFL level. Does that take away from that athletic ability? I don't know, but uh, I agree with you. That's the, that's the concern with him is, can he be that the guy that's going to get, I mean, can he get, can he get 10 to 15 touches a game? Cause if he can get that high, then I think we have something, but if he's going to be in that sub 10, that six to eight range where you really just want him to come in, catch a couple passes, you I mean, you know, putting him in your lineup, you're, it's, it's, you're just like rolling the dice. So uh, not as attractive, certainly. So we need to see where he lands uh, and what that role might be before we can really make a, a real determination on, on a player like this guy and someone like Devin A. Chain, I think. Nevertheless, a very exciting player. He has, he has, uh, he's a one cut runner that gets downhill fast and explodes out the backside of that defense. And those guys are fun to watch. I do wish he had had more of a receiving profile, which is a little bit of concern. You would think of, you know, you think of smaller guys, you think of, of they're going to get them involved in, out in space and in the receiving game and the receiving numbers are a little bit questionable for him as well. I think yeah, even, that's me is the even big difference between him and AJ. Yeah, exactly. Routes run weren't even up there. And that makes you think the coaching staff didn't think that he could do that for some one reason or another. So we got to mix these guys up with, uh, in our, with, with all these guys we've talked about to this point. And let's start at the top. Really. It's Quentin Johnston. We need to find a, a spot for him personally. I, it really comes down to what you think about Johnston compared to Addison. Um, is he ahead or behind Jordan Addison, Ryan? Uh, I would have him third among those top three receivers. So uh, right now we've got uh, Smith and Jigba and then Addison. I would have Johnston after that. Yeah, I would as well. That That's where I have him ranked. So I'm good with that. That He comes in at five right now. We've already talked about Bijan, uh, Bryce Young. Of course, these are super flesh rankings. JSN, Jordan Addison, and now Quentin Johnston. Uh, fits in there at number five so far among the players we've talked about. How about Zach Charbonnet? Matt, you're going to push for him to be pretty high in these rankings. <laughs> Personally, I, I got him a little bit lower. Uh, how high would you push him? I, I put him at six. We're of the, among, of the, among the players we've ranked so far, right behind Johnson, ahead of Levis and, and Mayer. But uh, okay. if we're considering these are super flex, I understand if you want to put him behind Levis. Uh, I would put him behind Rashi Rice, personally, uh, down there at number 10 among the players that we've talked about so far. So we're going we're gonna to have to find a happy medium on this guy for sure. Ryan, where you got him? Um, I've got Charbonnet close with, uh, with Michael Mayer, uh, certainly behind Levis in, in the Superflex format. Um, I guess we'll split the difference and go between Levis and Michael Mayer. If that works, okay, you, yeah. I'm I'm good with that, Matt. Can you live with that one? I suppose. <laughs> okay, so Charbonnet comes my, in. I'll defer to my at, elders. It looks like number seven here uh, in our ranking so far, and then Ty J Spears is the last guy. Again, fun player to watch. We've talked about some other running backs that are in the same range for me. We talked about Chase Brown here in the last couple of weeks. We've already talked about. Uh, Izzy Abanacanda, those are similar value-wise players 
as far as I'm concerned, uh, with their dynasty upside. Matt, would you consider those guys in the same range, or are you pushing Tajay Spears a little higher than those guys? I think I want to put him right behind a Manicanda ahead of Chase Brown for me. It's kind of where I was looking amongst these guys. Uh, but I could I could see him being higher or lower. That's just kind of where it feels feels comfortable to me. What about yeah, and we talked about Kenny McIntosh a couple weeks ago as well. We landed with him being right above a Banacanda and Brown. Ryan, how about you? Does does he mix in with these other running backs for you? Yep, I, I totally agree with Matt. Uh, after a Banacanda, uh, ahead of Chase Brown. Yep, that's where I've got him too. That's I'll, I'll I'll live with that. That sounds just fine. I I had Spears one spot in front of a Banacanda in my rankings, um, but. But that's certainly nitpicking at this point. We're gonna we're gonna mess with these rankings as we move along. So we've already talked about 18 of these rookies. If you haven't heard it all, go back, listen to them. We do three every single week. We're gonna hit three more next week. Go figure. We are out of time. It, it blazes by when we're talking about these rookies. Come back next week. Uh, for Matt and Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.